Next week, we're actually going to get into the first crime in the Bible that uh, we'll take a look at, the murder of Abel by Cain. But tonight, I just want to talk a little bit about, again, why we're going to have this series. And, and it, it might be a little strange to think about all of the people that committed crimes in the Bible, uh, and, and maybe it's easy for us to think, well, at least we aren't like that. Until we realize that, that we really are. And then the joy, the joy of knowing that the same forgiveness that's offered to them is forgiveness that's offered to us as well. So I, I have to tell you a little story about this next slide. I intended to show you a little video tonight, but we like to follow copyright laws and we sent an email, thank you to Steve, and didn't get a response back to use the video. So here's my encouragement for you. I'll tell you a little bit about the video, but at some point in the next few days, look up on YouTube, The Honest Preacher. Now, I'm going to warn you, it's pastor humor, and I know to some of you that might sound like an oxymoron, pastors aren't funny, but um, the idea behind it is pretty clever. If you've ever seen it as a pastor, he comes out and he's talking to his congregation. He's just had enough. And he finally just starts saying, you guys, stop. Stop being so bad. And then he opens his Bible and he's like, Jesus said, stop it. And then he walks away. That's the whole thing. That's a little funnier than that. But you'll have to look it up. And I bring that up only because that's part of the reason people don't like to read the Bible. Is because it is honest. Because it tells us exactly where we stand before God. And the word of God that we're going to look at tonight from 1 Corinthians chapter 6 contains some uncomfortable verses that are side by side with maybe the greatest comfort that's found in the Bible. And that's how the Bible does things. It's honest with us about who we are, but then it gives us the joy of knowing what Jesus has done for us. Take a look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 to 11. There the Apostle Paul writes this, Or do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who have sex with men, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanders, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And that is what some of you were. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. You heard it, didn't you, as I was reading those verses? The honest approach that the Bible has, how brutally honest the Bible is about who we are and how we stand before God. I don't know about you, but those are the kind of things I don't like in the Bible, those lists, because... There's one of two things that happens, I think, when we read through those lists. Either we like to excuse ourselves because there's certain sins on that list that, that don't apply to me, or we zero in on the ones that do, the ones that make us feel guilty. I think sometimes when you, when you read lists like that in the Bible, our, our minds tend to, to make them ranked, like which ones are worse than the other ones. I think you know that Christians do that from time to time, right? They put some sins up at this terrible place and then, well, the ones I commit aren't quite so bad. The Apostle James, in his epistle, wrote this in his second chapter, verse 10. Whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking all of it. That's the brutally honest message of the Bible. And it's danger for, dangerous for us to think that somehow the sins that don't apply to us make us better, make us okay in God's eyes. And ultimately, 
when we compare ourselves to others, when we think that there's others who are worse sinners than I, than, than I am, then we are deceiving ourselves. We're deceiving ourselves that somehow we can do enough to be right before God. See, those first two verses, Paul says it as clearly as you can say it. People who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Left to ourselves, there's no escape from our sin. This is the brutally honest message of the Bible. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. To get to God, there's this huge gap between us and him, and it's filled with our sin. We can't get from one point to the other unless, unless God intervenes. Did you hear the beauty of verse 11? How brutally honest the Bible is about our sin is equally comforting when Paul says what he does in verse 11. That is what some of you, did you catch the verb tense? Were. You see, something changed. Something changed in you and me and Paul lays it out. He says, but you were washed. That's what Jesus came to this world to do. To shed his blood on a cross, to give up his life so that you and I could live forever. You were sanctified. The meaning of that word sanctified is to set apart. And think about this truth of the Bible. Before you were even born, God set you apart. God set you apart as his very own. That's how deep his love for you goes. Paul says you were justified. That word is a term that comes out of a courtroom where you are declared not guilty before God because your sins have been paid in full. That's the beautiful message of the Bible. Right alongside the Bible telling us where we would stand before God on our own are these beautiful words that remind us that Jesus came to rescue us. That Jesus came to take our place. And as we walk through these crimes of the Bible, we'll see God's judgment, but God's mercy too. The fact that he wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. The Apostle Paul once wrote to the Corinthians that he resolved to know nothing when he was with them except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And that's my promise to you too. I want to make that promise to you tonight. I want you to hold me accountable to every time that you come to this place to hear the word of God. You will hear about your Savior. You will hear about what Christ has done for you. You will be comforted in knowing that Jesus took your place in life and in death and was raised again to guarantee your forgiveness forever. A couple quick takeaways from our message tonight. Number one, we recognize that we have not been able to live up to God's holy standards. John wrote it this way in his epistle, if we think that we are, claim that we are without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Then number two, we rejoice that Jesus has declared us not guilty by rescuing us from sin. Just a couple of verses later in that same epistle, 1 John chapter 1, this is in chapter 2, John writes this, Jesus is the atoning sacrifice for our sins and not only for ours but also for the sins of the whole world. Remember the picture that I showed you before? Sin between God and us. That passage goes on, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came through Jesus Christ. Jesus bridges the gap between us and God. He makes us one with God again by his sacrifice on the cross. All of our crimes, all of our sins, they're gone. 
And you stand before God through Jesus, holy and blameless, and an heir of eternal life. Are we all criminals? Yeah, but we're all pardoned. Pardoned by the grace that God has shown us in his Savior, our Savior, his Son, Jesus. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding will guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you in thanksgiving for the truths of your word. Yes, you hold before us the fact that we cannot measure up to your perfect demands. But then you remind us with great comfort and bringing us great joy to know that Jesus has taken our place and that we are holy and blameless in your sight through him. Give us comfort in that truth every day as we live our lives in this world seeking to bring glory and honor to you as in looking forward to the joy that is waiting for us with you forever in heaven. We pray that you continue to bless our students. Keep them safe here on campus. Give them strength to, to do the work that is placed in front of them and give them joy in using the gifts that you have given them to their full potential. We ask all of these things in the name of Jesus our Savior. Amen. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.